0: LMFM Sunday Sport, with thanks to the LMFM app. Download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go. So, Damien, it was a great week for Holy Family, the most successful club at this year's National Boxing Elite Championships, which concluded last Saturday. So, as club coach, you must have been absolutely delighted. Oh, Absolutely. A uh,
1: fabulous uh, feeling for the club to have such success at, a, you know, Ireland's pinnacle event. The national elite championships, as I said to you um, during the week when we when we spoke on the phone, to win one title is a massive achievement for any club, but to get uh, four of our five boxers into a final and then uh, to be you know successful in
0: each bout was uh, extraordinary. Extraordinary indeed, I and mean, I suppose it's all about the prestige that comes with saying you have that national title, isn't it? You know, you are the national champion. Oh, without a
1: doubt, and like you know, anyone that has got into boxing at a young age. Um, while these national titles as underage level, whether it be boy, cadet, or under 18 level, you'd swap them all just for one elite title. You know, it's a, it's the pinnacle of Irish boxing to perform in the national stadium on senior finals night and then to be victorious is just, it just can't be, can't be beat. You know, I, I've been fortunate enough to box at world championships, European championships, but when I talk about my own career, you have to go back to senior finals night and they just, they can't be met. They can't be better at all.
0: Yeah, the atmosphere seemed to be really electric at the National Stadium, just kind of looking at some of the coverage. And I know when you talk about the history of the club, there's a lot really that went into to get this to this level and as many disappointing days to lead up to this great one achievement, five people competing and you come home with 80% of them with gold medals. But like it must make all those previous hardships must make this all the more special.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Like, um, as I said, I've been around the club since it began in 1980, um, and it took a period of time before we were adding to our elite-level championship wins. We had John Tarnton, who won an elite championship in 1982. Then we had to wait until 1992 for Matt McQuillan, who went on and won three titles in a row. Um, I was fortunate enough to come in then and win one in 1996, 1999, 2000, and 2001. But then it went a wee bit uh, sparse for a while. We were beaten in a couple of finals um up until two thousand uh, and twenty one when Eugene Mcever and Ricky Nesbit were victorious at a uh, national elite level and then just to add to that, then this year to get another two as well as Ricky and Eugene was just it's just dreams for us you know as a club outside of the capital, you know well we have probably one of the best facilities in the country. And I believe we have a great coaching structure, we have a great committee, and without the people backing us all the time, our main sponsor, OMAC Life and Pensions, have been very, very important in relation to preparation for all these championships. Because the little uh, you know, financial contribution that this company makes to us enables us to compete at the highest level.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and no question that we sponsors greatly appreciated indeed, and I think it's only right to recognise that. We talk a little bit about the five people we had competing. So, all of the medalists, there was Ricky Nesmith from Dundalk who won the flyweight uh, flyweight crown at forty eight kilos. Uh, he beat Patrick Downey on a split three two decision. Then at sixty kilos was Davy Joyce who beat Jason Nevin from Mullingar. That was four one, so that was the most comprehensive of the victories. And uh, he only joined the club eight months ago, isn't that correct?
1: Yeah, Davy. Um... Took a wee break from boxing, and um, he was very close to turning professional. He he was initially back when he started boxing was with Centralstown, then he moved to Johnstown, and then he was with Ballymun for a period of time. He was then, as I say, going to turn professional, and due to the MTK farcical, I suppose yes. coming to an end in in, in Ireland with professional boxing, Davy decided to go back and give the amateur game another look, um, and he came to us looking to see would it be possible to uh, start off as amateur career again in the Holy Family
0: in Drottena? Yeah, we, we certainly return to that in a brief second. Just to mention the other two lads who who picked up goals. It was Petty Sands Chris O'Reilly who won the middleweight at 75 kilos and then Eugene McKeever from Muller who won at 67. So, like, a wide spectrum of weights, a wide spectrum of successes. What was the key factor that put it all together?
1: Well, look, um, initially these championships were to happen at the end of November and December Um I went with a bit of a plan to the committee in the club. I wanted to run a training camp in Toronto, Canada for a week. We then had an international event over in Glasgow Celtic. I was fortunate enough with, I suppose, years of experience in the game. I have a couple of contacts where I was able to get some of the boys competing in Poland, Holland, Finland. And uh, it was all about the preparation, I suppose, to get the boys in the right shape both physically and mentally to perform on any given day, and that was that was a, a tough task because these guys have families themselves. They have jobs. They travel to the club four or five days a week, and um, they had to buy into a process, you know. But fortunately, they have the trust in the club. They they know the club have the best interests at heart, and I think in the last. Seven years since Eugene McKeever joined us and Ricky. Both of them have won three national titles apiece since they arrived. Chris O'Reilly started his career, I suppose, at the age of seven in our club. He was supposed to be nine, but he's since told us that he was telling us a a little lie. But um, (laughs) he spent a couple of years with us and then he went to uh, Balbriggan. And again, Chris came back to us probably about five or six years ago in the hope that, you know, we could turn him into an elite champion. Because he's, again, nothing against Balbriggan. Balbriggan have their own clubhouse. They have their own coaches. Um, he probably just needed a, a fresh change and wanted to come back to where it all began. And uh, we would hope to think, you know, in Holy Family Boxing Club in Drada outside of myself, Martin McQuillan is coaching there. He's a former international boxer and elite champion. We have Noel Haslett has boxed internationally at elite level vasil uh, chikensky boxed in different national finals darren o'brien patrick sarsfield who even in the time when i was winning irish titles paddy was uh, assisting assistant my own father so we have a great uh, accumulation of coaches and then we have a great working committee uh, with the chairman jim garman barney everett still invested at the time in the club since it was founded in 1980
0: is it all those factors brought together to coaching structure, the committee structure, the general work ethic, is that what it is that's attracting? So you mentioned there how none of these lads have been at Holy Family all of their careers. Is that what's attracting these lads to Holy Family, knowing that they get the support to help them reach the really elite level? Well, I think, uh,
1: you know, anyone that has ever visited our club rooms will uh, realise straight away that we have one of the best gyms and uh, boxing halls in the country. And that's, def- that's down to the fact that the people in, in this town have uh, at times put the hand in their pocket to provide you know, an institute as such for all the young people to go and progress in such as in the sport of boxing. We have a great health and uh, strength and conditioning area. We have two boxing rings, numerous punch bags. And we would like to think that the coaching committee that we have in place, myself, Martin, Noel, and all the boys that are giving us a hand, have shown these young lads, you know, they've all boxed at the top. They've progressed numerous boxers along the way to winning national titles. And like, even outside of the boys, we've had under 18 internationals. My own son, Adam, has boxed for Ireland in the last 12 months. I'm James McGuire from the town, boxed for Ireland. We have number of internationals who've progressed from underage level right up to under 18 level. And hopefully will now take over the mantle that the boys are setting at, uh, over the next year or two.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds certainly like there's a, a great culture involved. You mentioned it a little bit earlier on, and I suppose this links into it as well, you know, all the preparation and the, the, the way that the clubhouse is kitted out, you know, and you did rightly acknowledge one of the sponsors, but is it a hard task to pull all this together in terms of the financial uh, support that goes into it?
1: Well, I think, like, you know, financially, it's a big uh, task even to keep the club rooms going at times, you know, we have, as I said to you, a great sponsor in OMAC Life. We've other numerous people who've financially helped us. And I don't want to start naming names because if I forget one, I'll be in trouble. Yeah, but, you I'm know, fine. as I said, the main sponsor, OMAC Life Pensions, absolutely, without the, their support over the last five or six years, we've been able to bring, offer these lads the opportunity to go to Canada, mm. America, Poland, mm. Scotland, England, Wales, as part of the preparation for the elites. I had different clubs coming from Sligo, Belfast, Dublin, all congregating in Drotter for top-class sparring. And all these boxers, Dean Clancy, the two Clancy brothers from Sligo, won, Dean won the gold, his brother won silver. Michaela Walsh, gold medalist. Amy Broadhurst was down in the club. Yeah. We had Jack Marley, gold medalist. Sean Murray, gold medalist. So, you know, what we have to offer goes far more away from just our own local lads there's a lot of other clubs around the country are absolutely delighted to be taking part and using our
0: facility here in Drogheda it's a great acumen to have that isn't it you know that you think that everyone are coming from far and wide to try and use these resources and it really is a great testament to the, to the work that's gone in to, to set up the facilities so uh, full credit for that just in, yeah. in terms of the actual day itself at the Elite Championships like there was a great photo I saw after uh, it was Davy Joyce's fight when the referee is holding his hand aloft they be flexing his muscles in delight, and you're standing behind him, standing in the corner with your own fist clenched with joy. Is it a hard thing when you have several fighters involved in a final or on finals day like that to come down off the emotion one after the other and then kind of mentally prepare yourself to give the best of yourself to the next fighter who's on a couple of minutes later or an hour later or whatever it may be and to give them the same due care and attention?
1: Absolutely. Like uh, I spoke to numerous people this week about the the whole finals night um, and we could even go back to semi-finals night first of all with Davey Joyce um, after two rounds of the semi-final we felt he was uh, controlling the, the contest um, but with about half a minute to 40 seconds to go of the last round there was a clash of heads and he got a, a cut underneath the eyelid um, fortunately enough the forced aid guy who looked at the eye allowed the fight to continue and Davey was victorious But for the next number of hours, uh, we were having to deal with Davey and Jordan in St. James's Hospital, uh, ensuring that Davey's eye was glued instead of stitched so that he could box the next day. And then he had to pass the medical in Dublin on Saturday morning. And that was then while he was gone to St. James's, we were dealing with semi-finals for Christopher and Eugene. Um, But when we go back then to finals night, you know, we had, second fight was uh, Ricky Nesbitt. Um, sixth fight was Chris O'Reilly. Tenth fight is Davey Joyce. And fourteenth was Eugene. Myself and Martin, were, who'd done a lot of the corners, didn't done all the corners that night, um, were just constantly coming down from the ring apron and, as you say, going back in to give the others the assistance that was required to refocus and talk about their fight and try and put, the previous one in, in the background, you know. Mm-hmm. And while we were, you know, looking to celebrate with the boxers, we also knew we had to be level-headed to get the next guy in the right frame of mind. We knew the physical aspect was done. It's about fine-tuning, being mentally right, going into that final. Um, and in Davies, uh, I suppose, contest, we were still worried about the eye maybe opening up mm-hmm. Um and he was up against one of the, the hottest young talents in the country in Jason Nevin, but um, Davy Joyce, um, as I said, is a class act, an absolute diamond to work with. As I just call him uh, eco-friendly because he always just does enough. <laughs> Getting him to give you that extra five percent is a bit of a hard task, but always up for the you know the contest always wants to be cleverer and outthink his opponents. And I think on Saturday night, without question or doubt, um, I remember saying to Martin after two minutes and 15 seconds of the first round, we have this. Yeah. Because we knew young Nevin was going to start strong, but the class and the, the experience of David Joyce was going to come to it, you know, at the forefront. And I think he showed that in round two and three, totally what we felt dominating the fight from then on.
0: about Jason Nevin being obviously prolific and one of the hottest young talents in the country, as you said, what about in the earlier rounds, or even for some of the, if you come against an opponent who's less well known, like, is it difficult to prepare ahead of the bouts, you know, when maybe you're trying to tailor your preparation or work out your game plan in order to, to, you know, attack the weaknesses of the opponent at this elite level, which I'm sure makes all the difference. Or is it just a matter of literally trying to get your fighter in the right frame of mind? You know, that the physical work has been done for months or is there really? Is it hard to prepare tactically for that?
1: No, I think uh, you know when you get to elite level, um, the physical aspect takes care of itself. You know, none of these elite boxers are going to go into a championship um, without physically doing the, the training. Um, mentally, are they going to be astute and look at the the different attributes that they have, the different skill sets that they have? Um, you know, and from being around the boxing game for a number of years. I look at the different weight classes when I have a boxer involved, and I'll be able to pick out who's going to be really, uh, I suppose, the next best competition in the in the weight for us. And, and I look at it; I'll see is he south par, is he orthodox? Does he like coming forward? Does he like going back? You know, and then you have to look at your own boxer and see what he likes to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because at the end of the day, as we say about elite boxing and high performance, we talk about high performance, we talk about mental fitness. It's about outwitting your opponent
0: more than outmuscling your opponent,
1: yeah. especially at
0: elite level. Um, but is it always is we- learn what maybe other people like doing, or is it just a matter of being in the game? You kind of know what the reputation lads have, whether they like to come forward or take a step back. When you're trying to tailor your game plan for your own fighter to beat the other person, you know, is it hard to find that information out? Or is it you just kind of pick up bits of knowledge from talking to other people?
1: Well, I suppose with being in the game for forty years, I've been going up and down the stadium, and um, watching all these boxes. Like, mm. you know, I I spoke about Jason Evans. There's some tremendous talents out there um, that are going to come through over the next year or two. Um, and when we talk about different game plans, you look at even Christopher O'Reilly. Right. Um, he boxed in, a, in the Irish Intermediate Stroke Senior Final in November against uh, Gavin Rafferty from Delik, who's now with a uh, Dublin Docklands. And young Rafferty, fair and square, beat Christopher in the national final that day. So we knew when we got the draw for the elites, we were meeting the winner of Gavin and a guy called Jack Brady from Crumlin. Mm. So we had to change the game plan. And yeah. uh, it was something that Christopher had to buy into too, change from what he'd previously done. And most importantly, get the negative aspect away from him in his mind. Yeah. You know, convincing him that he has the tools and the attributes to beat Gavin. And I think anyone that watched the semi final, well, it was a great contest, the right winner came out in the end, and that was Christopher. And I'm sure even Gavin himself would tell you he, he wouldn't mind swapping that uh, intermediate
0: title for the elite one. Yeah, the prestige of the elite reign supreme. And, and do you mind me asking, you know, obviously the tournament is done now, so I hope I'm not delving into any secrets, but what is it that, like, how do you go about convincing a fighter like that, you know, that's come against an opponent only a couple of months previous, and you'd say he's beaten them fair and square, that actually, Christopher, you know, if you do this or do that, you can do it? You, you know, is there is there an act of that? Is it just something that comes with experience or what was involved?
1: Well, I think it, it comes a wee bit with experience. But again, you know, we, we, we speak about preparation. And I spoke to earlier on about the international preparation that the club was able to provide for these young lads. But, you know, while everyone else was enjoying Christmas on Christmas Eve, St. Stephen's Day, New Year's Eve, and all over the, the, the holiday period, all my boys were in the boxing club. Mm-hmm. training each morning committing to the program and you know as I said to you to commit to the program one the coach has to be believe in it but the boxers then have to trust the coach that yeah. he's doing it for the detriment of the career mm-hmm. you know Christopher O'Reilly knew in his heart of hearts he probably didn't perform to the level he, he needed to in that previous final and you know simple actions he was in sparring with Aiden Walsh Olympic bronze medalist yeah he was in sparring with Dean, Dean Clancy's brother, Jason, who was in the Irish final, numerous Irish titles. He sparred with Matthew McCall, international boxer. So all the boxers he was mixing it with, you know, gave him the confidence and allowed him over the period of time sparring to try new things, try to close distance down, which was going to be a massive play in the contest with Gavin.
0: Yes, I understand. So it's about trying things out with other people to try and tailor his fight To to simply the the, the mental approach as well as the tactical approach, trust the the mental process that the tactical thing will pay off in due course. Yes, yes.
1: And like, as I say to all these elite boxers nowadays, too, you know, they're old enough to know their own body. Yeah. You and I do a day's work, and Damien's over in the boxing club tonight, and I have a program set out. But you've maybe had a physical day, you may be mentally shattered, you could have personal problems. Mm. So, They've got to trust you a wee bit by releasing some information to you. You can then ease back on certain parts of the training program, you know, to suit their needs. Because if they've been physically whacked after a hard day's work, you're just going to add to it by killing them in the gym. So you, it needs a correct balance. And I think most of the boys there, as I said, look at myself, look at Martin McQuillan, Noel Hasler, and all the coaches and say, these boys know what, knows what they're talking about. You know. Um, we've been to world championships ourselves, European championships. So if they're not going to learn from us, who will they learn?
0: Yeah, no, certainly. I can see how the balance of experience and trust and that sort of symbiotic relationship between the two really is a key factor. Uh, just look into the future. Is sky yeah. the limit for these lads? We have the four winners, you know, Davey Joyce, Eugene McKeever, Ricky Nesbitt, Chris O'Reilly, not forgetting Jordan Smith as well, who uh, was un- kind of unfortunate in the semi final. Yeah. You know, Davey Joyce spoke afterwards, and we've talked a bit about him, about he would like to target the world championships later in the year. I think Eugene McKeever mentioned after that he wants to go back into the national high performance unit. Ricky Nesbitt, the same. Chris represented Ireland underage level. You know, it, 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 there's some serious potential there, isn't there?
1: without a doubt they've been invited into the high performance unit uh for assessments next Friday and Saturday, so the four boxers will attend Abbottstown next week uh, you would be hoping at this at that stage then that a uh, a plan will be introduced by high performance as to the training and uh, competition schedule for the next couple of months but these are big decisions that the boys have to make now too because Unfortunately, there's no payment for amateur boxing. So, the requirement as part of the high performance unit is to train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and a half day Friday. And while your bed and board is looked after, I suppose everything else is free gratis. So, your income is no more if you've been in a job who won't support you to take part in this. So, from financial point of view, there is no money in it unless you are good enough to win at international level and get onto the carding scheme. If you think,
0: that more could be done to support these athletes to help them bridge that gap between the kind of national elite and the world elite or is like people you know would hear talk about the boxing uh, high performance unit and I think when Billy Walsh was involved and you know we had all these medals from Olympic Games there was, it seemed to get a lot of praise but do you think there's maybe some more could be done to help people predicting the financial side of things
1: yeah well I think from a development point of view you know we're looking at 17, 18, 19 year old young lads Leaving school, having no job, and it may be being left to parents to yeah. uh, fund their aspirations to be an international competitor. We need, I think, developmental grants. Well, I understand uh, the government and Sport Ireland aren't going to come out and hand somebody ten or twenty thousand if he hasn't, you know, internationally proven himself. Yeah. But in order to get to that level and to take opportunities just like high performance are offering these boxes. Some sort of um, financial aid needs to be made because, it, it, you know, as we talk about mental and physical training, mentally, you're going to be affected when you have no money. You know, um, yeah. and while, as I say, the opportunity is being given by high, high performers by putting you up in a hotel mm-hmm. and being fed, having no money in your pocket is certainly hard to smile when, when you go looking for it
0: completely and I can understand how it really is a battle of endurance then and a battle of wits and you know, susceptible to pressures from home I was going to ask the next question, is it a possibility we might see potentially someone from Holy Family at the Olympics in Paris 2024 but I presume that might now be subject to the decision of these individuals whether or not they fully choose to commit to the, the uh, National Performance Unit programme and, and that will be a largely their own personal decision in terms of their own personal circumstances Well, first
1: of all I'd love to see boxing in Paris, that's not a definite yet either mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, over the next couple of months we're going to probably see a lot more happen at international level between the IBA and um, the Olympic Council Um, and then there's an an alliance group that they're talking about with the Western countries um, going their separate ways but that's, that's something down the line in relation to the Olympic Games all the boys will be in the high performance unit and the support staff that they have in the unit is exceptional. They're like a Davey Joyce. Who's to say they won't um, look at him for an assessment at 57 kg? Yes, yeah, um, so that could be a possibility. Yeah. Ricky could be pushed up to 51 yeah. uh, for an assessment and whether or not the two boys then want to move weights either up or down. Nutritionists, mm-hmm. dietitians and uh, the different, as, as I say, the support staff will look at the boys over the next couple of months Yeah, and the, the the first qualifier is not until June, so there's still plenty of time to decide whether or not uh, an Olympic weight is possible. But I think in general, for people who don't know the amateur scene and, and maybe don't follow boxing, I think it's, you know, over the last number of years or the last number of Olympic Games, boxing has suffered greatly. Like we had 25 national champions crowned last Saturday night and just over 50 percent are going to be allowed to take part in a qualifier for the Olympic Games in the sport that was in the games at the very beginning, which is very hard to take.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. And I think you mentioned earlier, of course, it, boxing, uh, certainly on the professional scene, has kind of suffered a degree of scandal with the fall from the MTK and its associations with the uh, the those involved, allegedly involved in the Kinnaghan cartel as well. So is that something that you find, is, is boxing suffering reputationally or is that something that's confined to the professional scene, do you think?
1: No, I think... Uh, you know, with the different issues that were, you know, publicised about the IABA in the last 12 to 18 months, yeah. um, we, we talk with the MTK side of things. Uh, the professional and the amateur game is totally different uh, sports. You know, the pro game is, is a is a business. Um, and whether it's MTK, whether it's Frank Warren, whether it's Barry Hearn, you know, it's a business. It's about making money. It's about getting success. Whereas in the amateur game, We're looking to put, uh, you know, these young amateur boxers on a platform at Olympic Games, at World Championships, trying to, you know, win a a medal for our country. And that will set them up for the pro game, giving them the option and the the platform to maybe get a a decent enough contract to make money because I've seen it firsthand with with even the boys I've had in the last couple of months training with us. You know, they were as good as full-time, committing their time to a job, coming to the gym four and five days a week, spending weekends, Christmas time, you know, in the club when people are enjoying the holidays for free grants, you know, and, you know, the founding committee members, my own father, Christy, Barney, Jim, Anthony Rooney, uh, Benny Smith. I I just don't want to mention people and and forget them, but the founding committee of the club were always about giving people and young people in the town the opportunity Um, and I think you know to see four lads members of the Holy Family Boxing Club in Drottada on the international stage representing the club the the town and we need to get back you know give them the backing and hopefully in the next couple of years we'll have a couple more to add to this because I just see continued success as long as you know the club can keep providing the platform for them
0: yeah that's a nice way to wrap up very finally to to ask what the future holds for the club because you know, you mentioned there, obviously the four success this time. Is it a bit ambitious to be expecting four every year or is there a conveyor belt of talent coming through names for us to maybe keep an eye on?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, look, I don't think um, we've been going back over the years seeing whoever had four winners. We've had different clubs had three and two winners and two runners up and different things. I I mightn't be around to see the next four winners in a row, but we have loads of talent coming through. It's keeping the boxes. You know, when they get to 16, 17 and 18, they have decisions to make college apprenticeships, full-time jobs, you know, and they have their own peer pressure outside of the family. So yeah. to keep them involved in the game is very, very uh, important. And it's one of the reasons why, and I, I, have to, I can't express my thanks enough to not only the committee, but as I said to you earlier on about All my Life, they've allowed a lot of young people the opportunity to travel the world you know, we've brought kids as young as 12 and 13 to Gleason's Gym in New York for a small fee. I think at the time it was 200 euros and they got a track suit and a week in America. You know, that was a dream trip for some of them people. Yeah. And whether they stayed in the game right till the very end and won an elite title didn't matter. We personally believe that we've created a number of very, very good individuals who've gone on
0: to use the betterment of what they learned in the club in their own life then going forward no that's super and it certainly is a great testament to the whole organisation the whole collaborative effort that's involved in terms of the sponsor side the committee the coaches and everyone buying into it and as you say it's not just about what happens in the ring but it's about what happens when your career finishes and how you better yourself as an individual a lot of it because from the discipline involved and from everyone pulling the one direction Uh, so look it's it's a great project it sounds exciting I'm sure we'll all be keeping an eye on it Damien McKenna congratulations again for last week a really great achievement for the Holy Family Club doing the proud and uh, thank you very much for speaking to me thank you thanks James LMFM Sunday Sport with thanks to the LMFM app download for free now and take us with you everywhere you go